Go ahead. Good afternoon, everyone. This is MC Richardson, uh, the moderator of um, Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City. And today we're going to talk about law enforcement, of the organized activities of people who've been elected or whatever. They enforce the law. And we're very blessed to have some talented people on there. But before we get started, and we'll allow them to introduce themselves, I wonder why we were overlooked when the president had all the chiefs of police, the law, enforcement people, and they did not do that for the people in Kansas City or St. Louis. But we are always out from Missouri to Sugar State. So with that in mind, Let's start with, who should we start with, Mr. Folks? Well, you have the major here, and you got um, Daryl, the, the, um, the chair, and you got the police chief, but and you, you don't have them run. Okay, well, let's go. Maybe we'll, we'll get him. Okay, let's just, uh, we're going to start, we're going to say, be a little different, or they want us to let them be first, and we'll start out with the major so she can tell the people who she is, and we, she is part of Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City, and she is from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and recently she went down there, there was a massacre down there in the Greenwald, uh, Greenwald District, so uh, Major uh, Thompson? Good evening, good afternoon. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be with you, hello. Yeah, hello, and we're happy that you were with us. Give us a little background on yourself, because you were the spokesperson of all media events that occurred in Kansas City at one time. Absolutely, and if I may just say good evening, good afternoon to uh, Sheriff Daryl Forte, and also recently appointed Chief Oakland. Hello, hello to both of you as well, gentlemen. Hello, um, hello thank you. Hello, thank you. Okay, you... Um, uh, Major Thompson, you recently got appointed to a new position. Tell our listening audience what that is and how long you've been doing that. Yes, prior to my, my most recent promotion, I was uh, a captain uh, for the Homeland Security Division of the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. Most recently, I was promoted to major, and I am now the division commander for the East Patrol Division the lovely Chief Patrol Division of the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. I've been doing this position uh, now for about two months, and uh, we've hit the ground running, and I'm very excited for this opportunity. Okay, the young man, the Jackson County uh, Sheriff, at one time he was the Kansas City, Missouri Police Chief. So let's welcome uh, Sheriff Forte. Thank you, sir, and hello to everyone. I appreciate the opportunity once again, and I just want to praise God and thank God for giving me this opportunity to serve our community, or continue to serve our community. I've been sheriff for three and a half years. I retired from KCPD after 31 and a half years as uh, in the last five and a half as chief of police. So thank you for having me on your show once again, and uh, I look forward to talking with my team friends. Okay, then other person who uh, we often say, uh Cross the pond. That's when you go from KCMO to KCK. But we have the newest appointed chief, Mr. Oakman. Introduce yourself and welcome to the show, sir. Oh, good evening to all. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have the opportunity to uh, speak with uh, prior friends in law enforcement as well as the community. Uh, I'm the current chief of the Kansas City, Kansas Police Department. Uh, I spent 29 years as a deputy chief and member of the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. Uh, I retired on June 12th and started uh, KCK June 14th, so didn't have much time in between that. Um, but I'm excited and uh, look forward to the discussion and just want to welcome everyone to the show and thank you thank you very much so one of the things when I had uh, spoken to you I got met with um, before he came on the show uh, that's uh, the Kansas City Police Chief Daryl Forte 
he called me down to his office. We met in his office to kind of go over the particulars. And I had told him that his uh, stepfather is my classmate, uh, Mr. Donnie Davis. One of the areas of all of you, and we need to get ourselves, it seemed to be a difficult time when we're trying to recruit people of color, color or minorities. I don't know, how, is that still a, the situation nowadays? Well, I'll answer that for the sheriff's office. It's always been difficult because uh, everybody knows on this show and everybody listening that it's always been a, 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 some conflict or tension between the minority community and law enforcement. And since I've been at the sheriff's office, uh, there's been 11 black males hired in the last, well, since, I guess in the last eight years, 11 black males hired, and I hired 10 of the 11. So that's part of the reason I'm a real popular sheriff's office. And, 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 and I say this, and I shouldn't have to qualify with this, but they're more than qualified, more than qualified. And anybody that I hire, I don't care what race or gender, I'm not hiring mediocre people. So there's people out there, but I think we just have to go out there and, 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 and touch them. And I don't think the problem's been bringing people in, at least from what I've seen, is retention. Sometimes we're treated differently, and that's just the real fact about uh, most areas in life, whether it's housing, banking, politics, education, sports, uh, oftentimes we're treated differently. And, and not to make excuses for anyone, because many of us have prevailed, but we, we owe it to others to help them prevail, too. So when people join, I think it's incumbent upon us, and I know both the major and the chief uh, uh, on here now, they reach out and they help everyone. Again, it's not just a, a race issue, but we need people in positions that are willing to help people you know, the, the, the succeed even when they come on. They take, our, they take pictures when we first come, and then three years later, uh, probably half the minorities in the pictures are gone, so there's a problem in retention. Well, let me ask uh, each and every one of you the boundary. We'll, we'll start with the Jackson County Sheriff boundary. What are the boundaries that you look at people to recruit? You know, they, they can go on the website, www jacksongov.org, but it's basically, uh, you have to graduate from academy, certified academy, be 21 years of age, be of good moral character, meaning not a lot of arrests, and, or no no felonies at all, but not a lot of misdemeanor arrests, uh, and uh, weight in proportion, and, and that's basically it, but they can get on there and they can look at www.jacksongov.org, and it's not an education requirement other than high school or GED. Okay, the new appointed uh, KCK uh, chief, uh, Mr. Carl Oatman. What about the boundary, what we say, cross the pond? A lot of people who've been around, as long as I've been around, know we're talking about going across the viaduct of the Missouri River. Yeah, um, uh, similar uh, to what the sheriff said, um, all of our uh, requirements are at KCKPD, www.kckpd.org uh, to get those uh, requirements. It's similar to what what the sheriff said. And oftentimes, I think one of the one of the major things that we run into is that uh, oftentimes people don't apply because they think because they've had a few nicks in their character over the years that they would not qualify to be a police officer. Uh, yeah, we have a long list of disqualifications, but one of the main ones is the one that we definitely cannot work with is if you have a felony conviction. And that's because most of the state governing um, agencies will not allow anyone with a felony conviction uh, to be a police officer. And, and, and to another point, I think yeah, as... We now have Mr. President Enron. Okay, we'll get with him in a, a second. Go ahead, uh, Chief uh, uh, Oakman. Yeah, so, um, so, but uh, as the sheriff was talking about earlier on the recruiting part, um, it's it's a four it's a four step process that uh, police departments really have to be uh, intentional about. One is recruiting, two is hiring, three is training, and four is retaining. Uh, and I think the number one quality that you have to look for, first of all, is that they're good people and they're willing to serve their community. Um, and we know that there's been challenges throughout 
throughout my career, and I've been in law enforcement almost 30 years with uh, recruiting, training, hiring, and retaining uh, minorities. But I think one thing that I do want to say to those who are listening, please, please stop discouraging your loved ones, your friends, your relatives from becoming police officers. That is our biggest hurdle is family members, friends, discouraging otherwise quality uh, candidates and and people who would make good good police officers serving their communities. Okay, before we get to the lady of the hour, when I used to go to Washington, D.C., and uh, Howard was up there in those cases, I was at an event that had all these top celebrity black, but Earth the Kid, it was supposed to start at 3 o'clock. She waited till 3.30 to make her appearance, so everybody ran Earth the Kid. <laughs> so I'm guessing we said that if we talked to the major of our host today, I guess he would make sure everybody's going to be on the show, and then he'll make his appearance. So first major, we'll... We'll talk to you, and then we'll go to our uh, guest host for the day. <laughs> well, I am definitely no Eartha Kid, but I do absolutely fit into two minority groups. I not only am I African American, but I'm also female, and so we are finding uh, roadblocks uh, and difficulties in hiring both uh, groups, uh, women and African American, um, as. Chief Open stated, we do run through, we run up against the, the family, uh, discouraging individuals, friends, loved ones, and uh, discouraging quality, quality people to come and apply. If you simply go to www.kctd.org, you can find qualifications which mirror those of Cheryl De- Sheriff Daryl Forte as well as Chief Oakman's qualifications for their agencies. They are the same for KCPD. Uh, we encourage you, if you have a heart for this community, if you want to serve and make a difference, please apply. Now, what is your district? What are the boundaries? I am East Patrol, and I, I like to say that I'm the whole city. But our main thoroughfares are going to be Independence Avenue, St. John. We do 9th Street, 12th Street, all over. <laughs> Pretty much the east side of Kansas City. So if you live in those boundaries, uh, I encourage you to come stop by our station, 2640 Prospect, Kansas City, Missouri. Come on and see us. Okay, now we're going to bring in also, we need to help our brothers in the second largest city. Uh, St. Louis, the first uh, guest host. Uh, it's your time. Well, sure, sure. Thank you, MC. Happy to be with you. Thank you. Was uh, I have to tell you, I've been looking forward to this program for a while. Uh, as you know, uh, working with the NAACP, we've got a lot of civil rights concerns. Uh, lots of those styled issues. There's some legislation that was recently passed. And so I uh, w- want to talk a little bit about that. You know, uh, but let's start with some good news. You may have heard about Gary Hill, Chief Gary Hill with Lincoln University, in his effort to have an academy uh, there at the university. Do you think that that will help recruit, uh, attract, and retain minority candidates? Is that a question or something you're just telling us? No, no, no. That's a, that, that's a real question. That's a real question for anybody who cares that. Okay. I'm, I'm wondering if it will. Well, yeah, I, I'll... Go ahead. No, go ahead, no, go ahead Chief. No, I, I was just uh, going to say, uh, I think any any way to expose uh, the careers of law enforcement will, will help. I, I think the key is, is that uh, recruiting piece and... Uh, you have to make sure, it doesn't matter what type of facilities you have, you have to make sure you have the right people uh, that's able to reach out to people and have, have, the, have the historical discussion about policing and be able to uh, sell the profession and give them the opportunity that they will have the opportunity to make a difference in their community. But I think it starts with the right people out actually uh, contacting and, and having conversations with the people they're trying to recruit. 
Okay. Okay. I know, I know I may. This is Major Thompson. One thing yeah. that that reminds each and every one of us is that we're all recruiters. Each and every member of the City Missouri Police Department is a recruiter. He encourages us to go back to our colleges and or universities that we've attended, our high schools, our churches, and recruit. So it takes each of us to be that positive example for those potential candidates for our police department. Okay, okay. I understand. I understand. I know that it's received uh, nationwide praise, and so uh, I, I'm hoping that it'll have a, a, a beneficial impact on law enforcement, but what we see. One of the problems that, that the NAACP has complained about for a long time, at least a couple of decades, has been the vehicle stops report and how, uh, you know, when we look at that data, it, it shows that, you know, African Americans are plainly being pulled over more uh, percentage-wise than other folks, and depending on what jurisdiction, uh, it can be nearly double. Um, what, what's the solution for that? Okay, let's, uh, we're not making a citizen arrest, but we want a citizen report from the people from that second largest city in Missouri, St. Louis, and to our folks. Uh, well, right now, I, I'm with, uh, uh, with uh, uh, Mr. Pedro Lee with there. Uh, we have, you know, a, a black police chief here. Uh, have had one in the second one, I think, not third one. And we have some of the problems that they have there in recruiting. Uh, we uh, had a, a new mayor came in, and so we have some victims that she just left open. But we are trying to recruit. Uh, we have a person from, from the black human country perspective very excited about the, uh, about the academy being put in, uh, in, in, uh, in Springfield. I mean, I mean, in our Lincoln and the black mm -hmm. university. That should, you know, have you know, some police officers come out, you know, who, you know, who went to, who, who have come out, went to school, we are police officers. Uh, and that should encourage, you know, more officers, you know, to go to college and also more, more students to become police officers. Okay, uh, Jackson County Sheriff uh, Forte. Yeah, they basically said what I'd like to say. Uh, that's, uh, when I first heard about the Academy being there, I thought that was a great idea, and again, it's both uh, uh, everyone expressed already, it's, it's more than just getting them to the Academy, and I think another significant piece is making sure they're exposed to the right Academy instructors, because that shapes them throughout their career, so I think that's a huge piece, making sure that they have the right instructors, instructors with the right mindset, and uh, not just basic criteria about, you know, uh, policies and procedures, but about the history of uh, law enforcement in the, in the minority community. So, again, I echo the same thing everyone else said. I think it's an excellent idea, and I hope more uh, institutions uh, copy that. Uh, speaking of the community, uh, we seem to have black-on-black -black crime, murders, drive-by, neighborhood. And what do you think we should, we need to get the right solution so what are you guys uh, suggesting? And also, Mr. Uh, Rod Chapel, what will the NAACP do to help people work together, especially for a lot of time when we have a shooting or we have different things, our people don't want to get involved, mm -hmm. so they don't talk. Yeah, I, I would like to tackle um, this one. Um, I think we have to continue to uh, make the community, and the community as well as, as the police department, continue to stress that we do not support this, we do not, we should not be tolerating it. Um, there was a weekend when I was the deputy chief in Kansas City, Missouri, and I had five homicides in one weekend, and I, and I went out to each month. And what really concerns me is, is that we have a lot of different agencies in the community um, talking about violence, but when I was out there, at each homicide, I saw two groups of people, the police and the family of the loved one, and no one else. And that's the problem. No one wants to get involved uh, from... Uh, the community as well as different agencies that are here to help uh, 
give resources to address violence. We do that Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. As you know, most homicides are not occurring during banking hours. So we need the community, we need the agencies to really be involved and, uh, you know, make it, make it, a, make, make reducing um, violent crime a priority. Okay, anyone else? Yeah, I'll just add, this is Daryl, I'll just add that we need to build relationships before we want some things from the community. What happens, in the, and I've watched this, I've been over 800 homicide scenes, and I counted them up when I, and 2016 was when I counted them, and I've been to a lot of them since then, even as sheriff. But I think we, what we need to do in law enforcement is build those relationships before we want something. You know, you can't just go in a neighborhood and, uh, and, 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 and some people racially profiled, and I don't think most police officers do it. I think most police officers are upstanding citizens. They care, and they're here for the right reasons, but most of not good enough. Kind of like if you were flying on an uh, airline, and they were bragging <laughs> about, uh, you know, most of our pilots comply. 80% of our pilots are good. 80% or 90% or 95% is not good enough in law enforcement. So I think we have to build relationships beforehand, and also... I want to throw out there, and I try to do this every time I get the mic. We do have people that cooperate with the police, and if you look at it, and this is factual, if you look at the tip hotline, they pay out hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. But we don't have enough people. We have a lot of caring people in Kansas City, uh, and as and, and as my peers know here, uh, you know, uh, the, the major and the chief, a lot of people will tell us information without trying to get an award uh, or reward. So we have a lot of good people here, but we don't have enough people willing to stand up, and we can't do it ourselves in law enforcement. But again, uh, as I have the mic, I want to you know compliment those in law enforcement that, that, that work tirelessly to uh, protect our community and come to work. They care every day, and I want everyone to know, too, it's just a small minority that, that are running rogue out there in the community and report the ones that are not doing what they're supposed to do. And, of course, we'll, you know, we'll investigate. But I just want to say to my brothers and sisters out there, they're doing a great job, and they and they care. We, we're in the caring profession, and if we didn't care, most of us would have left a long time ago. So I don't want I don't want people to think all law enforcement uh, negative about all law enforcement. So we're a caring group of people, uh, and, and we'll continue to serve. And all these things that happened in the last five, ten years, most of us are coming to work every day and still giving it our all. You know, since they have reduced, uh, we'll say like. Anyone can get a gun, don't have to uh, a permit. In most cases on the black community or in the people of color, seem like crime go up and a lot of domestic violence too. What is you guys and lady, what do you have to say on this subject? With domestic violence, this is Thompson, Kari Thompson. With domestic violence, it's a cycle. Um, a lot of children grow up in homes where they see uh, their parents, their mother, their father involved in violent interactions with a they therefore go up and sometimes are able to are not able to shirk that and those types of behaviors present themselves in their own relationships. We have counselors, we have mentors, uh, we have social workers uh, with the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department in each of our six division stations here ready to help, but a lot of times we find that people do not want to take the help. So I encourage you, if you are listening, if you have found yourself to be in a violent relationship, to please reach out and ask for help. You can give us a call. Um, you can call our domestic violence section at 816-234-5235. You can reach out to me at Youth Patrol at 816-234-5530, and we can help you uh, to change your life. It just starts with a phone call. And this is Daryl once again, and, and, and that's a real touchy subject, especially uh, mm -hmm. with victims. Uh, oftentimes they're victimized and they're so afraid and they've been to the system before, and, and of course we know there's often many, many, domestic violence related incidents and even homicide so and i throw this out there this is my personal number if you know me or you, or you trust me call me not when it's happening of course call 911 but call me at 
1076. That's my personal cell number, and I can guide you to the resources. Because I know, you know, a lot of people are not trusting a law enforcement, and many right. don't trust right. me because I'm in law enforcement. But call me, 816-492-1076. Don't call me when you get stopped by the police and want to get out a ticket or anything. But if you have an issue <laughs> and you don't feel safe, then I will guide you in, in the right direction. conversation Ira and she wanted to make sure that 816-492-1092 is a correct number. Uh, she also mentions that no. this is, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's 816-492-1076. 76, okay, thank you. And uh, she mentions the system does not have the resources to protect. And also says we have to address the violent crime and the domestic violence. Uh, great question, it's a cycle. And that, that was her feedback on the show to, so far. Okay, we need more participation from our people in both cities. Our three cities, Ferguson, Kansas City, Missouri, and St. Louis, because we all need to work together. And a lot of things, we have found that maybe things might not work in this city, but it might work in this other city. So we can group together all the necessary things to uh, put a uh, stop it, hopefully to deter any violence or any crime that occur within our uh, communities. And I, I think that's that's a good point. This is Nimrod Chapel. Now, you know, in terms of, you know, seeking to reduce the violence and that kind of stuff, but I think a lot of times, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, we've got some of the top brass from some of the best uh, law enforcement agencies in the state, but, I mean, I don't think that we're really saying that it's the responsibility of the police department to deter violence, are we? I mean, 
as I understand it, law enforcement comes after some bad thing has happened, and they try to make things better. Uh, maybe there's an opportunity that, you know, during a, uh, uh, a, a demonstration or something where a police president presence might reduce uh, the likelihood of someone acting inappropriately. That That's a legitimate conversation. But y'all just straighten me out. Is it law enforcement's job to, to eliminate or prevent crime, or do y'all come after the fact? I think so. I think we can prevent crime by yeah. building relationships. And I, I can tell you probably 10 people throughout my career that had connections in the community, even when it started with pagers years ago, where they could be off duty and somebody would call them and say, hey, I got a problem, or my friend or brother or some other family member is having a problem with somebody, and I think this, there's something here to go down. So I think there's when we have the right relationships, again, like I said, pre-incident, and, and, and be available for people. I've been giving out my number, telephone number, and pager number since I had pager two years ago. Because people will call you and say, I have a problem, or so-and-so has a problem, and, and if somebody doesn't intervene, somebody's going to get hurt, and that's where we can intervene. So, again, personal relationship matters and when it comes to yeah. law enforcement. That's a huge piece. That's a huge piece. So we can prevent some crimes. Okay. Okay. All right. Communication, in my opinion, is key. It's key to all of this. Communication from our community, communication from police. Uh, as, as Sheriff Forte stated, having those relationships, building those relationships, being approachable. You know, one thing that we talk about a lot of these patrol is that the officers are approachable. You know, you're, able speak, you're able to speak to those in the community. You're able to have a normal conversation and that they feel that they can come and interact with you. So absolutely, communication is key. Um, it is a foundational principle, the first foundational principle, in my opinion, to preventing violence. Yeah, and I, and I agree with, with, with both. It, uh, we definitely can, can work to uh, prevent violence. And uh, even Sheriff Forte, when he was uh, the chief in Kansas City, uh, Missouri, um, he did some hot spot patrolling. And what it was, was it wasn't just necessarily uh, the police out doing enforcement, but it was saturating the neighborhoods with, with the police in a positive community engagement approach. And um, that's something that I think, and this is something that I'm looking at implementing in KCK, because last year in Kansas City, Missouri, 70% uh, of our homicides occurred outside. So that tells me one thing, that uh, positive police visibility couldn't possibly reduce the number of those homicides. And you have to build those relationships. So it's all about um, relationship building and letting the community see that the police is here to serve the community, not to police the community. And uh, so, yeah. But we're also, we're, the police is also a partner with the other community sectors to uh, help uh, reduce crime and prevent it. But definitely we we do we do have a have a um, stake in reducing crime. Okay. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. What are some of the impediments uh, to building the relationships for you know reduction of crime or having positive uh, relationships with people in the community, or just communications with people in the community? What are some of those that you you all see? I think peer pressure. You know, like uh, mm -hmm. uh, she said earlier. About and the major said about you know uh, peer pressure and the, and the family pressure saying you don't want to be a police officer you don't want to communicate with the police so that's a huge piece there too and I think part of it rests with the police also we mm -hmm. have to understand the importance of the communication like the major said if we don't have the communication piece we're not going to get anything we're in the communication business so that's a that's a huge piece and if, and if we don't understand as leaders in law enforcement about the importance of uh, uh, communication pre incident. We're going to have some problems because people are not going to listen when they're emotionally uh, upset about some things. That's not when people are going to be rational and, and reasonable. So we have to get to them beforehand and, and build that trust level so we can talk to them before they act out. Like, Let me take a back off of that. <clears throat> back some years ago, when I was assistant manager for the Parkview drugstore that was on 3207 Prospect and also on 27th and Benton, we had a pinpoint patrol where the people interacted with the policemen that patrolled those different areas and also we had community police 
seen appreciate every day. Don't everybody talk at once. Oh, oh no. Um, yeah, I, I tell you, um, and what I think something else that we can help is, uh, and this is from the police standpoint as well as community. There are members of law enforcement that doesn't want to see the community and police working together, and there's members of the community that doesn't want to see the police and the community working together. And, and we cannot fall for those traps because when the police and community are working together, your community is just so much better. Um, but there are there are people in the community on both sides that do not want to see uh, that relationship come together. So I think as one as leaders in the community and leaders in law enforcement, we need to make sure uh, that we establish the relationship the policies and the procedures to ensure that, that that is not allowed to continue. In case you just tuned in, we in, uh, we got 15 more minutes to go, but this is MC Richardson, your moderator for the assistant, everybody who's on the show. But you can or should tell your friends not just about this show, but we need to get involved. Now, I did ask the question about uh, what uh, I was part of the group that we had pinpoint patrol and also we had community police. I did not hear a response from any of you pertaining to those two um, situations. I, I want to comment about community policing. When you look around the country and, and you look at different organizations, uh, uh, most organizations have differing uh, opinions about community policing, different definitions. In Kansas City, we have community interaction officers and I tried to get rid of those positions while I did at one point because everyone should be a community interaction officer. It shouldn't be two or three people, in my opinion. And again, everyone does it differently, and I respect the way they do it. But community policing, to me, is nothing more than problem-solving partnerships and holding each other accountable. I just, and the reason I, I came up with that years ago, because I'm not that bright, it's easy to remember, PPA, problem-solving partnerships and accountability. But you look at a lot of definitions throughout the country, they have community policing units, and they have, you know, community policing officers, individual officers like community interaction officers. I think we all should have the mindset that we're all community policing officers. We want to solve problems. We want a partnership, and we want to hold each other accountable. So, again, it's, it's different for different agencies, but that's what I always uh, describe to. In Kansas City, there was recently some state legislation, Senate Bill 53, pushed through by Senator Lucasmeyer, that removed the uh, requirement that officers live within the city. How do y'all feel about that? I was opposed to that. I'm surprised it passed uh, during this climate in the community. Uh, that just further shows that some people want to be different from the people that they serve, and I know there's different reasons people want to reside outside the city, but to me, this is not the time to, this wasn't the time to do that because it just further shows that uh, some police officers uh, want to be removed from the community that they serve. We are all members of the community, and I want to live and, and work in this community. Uh, I'm a stakeholder, I'm a community member, and I'm proud to live in Kansas City and to serve Kansas City. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. Uh, I've lived in Kansas City uh, the entire time I've been a police officer here. I'm originally from uh, Kansas City, Kansas, and that was one of the reasons why I went back uh, to be the police chief and, and definitely plan on moving and living there. Uh, it's a little more, uh, I think, complicated in Wyandotte County than it is in uh, Kansas City, Missouri because of the large area and the vast places that you can live. It's a little more limited in Wyandotte County, um, but um, I, I'm a firm believer that you should definitely live in the community that you police as well as when you live in the community, you can hold elected officials accountable um, for their actions through voting. So I would, I would uh, never want to live somewhere, work somewhere where I didn't have the opportunity to vote, especially when we talk about law enforcement where there's always critical issues around the vote regarding policing and community uh, engagement. Another issue that uh, 
another issue that seems to come up from time to time is, um, at least, so I spent a lot of time in Jefferson City looking and working with the legislature. Uh, they talk a lot about supporting uh, officers and supporting law enforcement, and that's good. But when it comes down to letting the rubber really hit the road in mandating higher pay or increased qualifications or one to get the other, they seem to fall short. Uh, how can we as citizens encourage our legislators, whether they're local or at the state level, to treat law enforcement and our public servants better with better pay? Well, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, we talk about pay. I agree with everything you said. Yeah, um, you know, there, there's always, you know, I, there's always that push from people uh, saying they support law enforcement, but uh, like you said, when when it comes to uh, actual actual pay and salary, uh, they usually that support kind of falls short. Um, and on, on the qualification, um, I think we, each individual department, and I know Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas, the Sheriff's Department, we, we make sure that, the leaders make sure that those qualifications um, stay high and um, high standards. I know you, you had this push when, um, last year, they were saying that, um, you know, all officers should uh, go to college and graduate college, and um, we'll we'll have better officers. Uh, not not necessarily. Um, when you look at even Kansas City, Missouri police academies, about seven months. Um, their their academy. When you look at Monday through Friday for seven months, you know you look at the total hours for a bachelor's degree is about fourteen hundred. Um, a police officer in the Kansas City, Missouri Police Academy goes to class about 1,100 hours through that seven months. So I think having more money for more training opportunities going forward, I think will help. Uh, but definitely, I, I, I definitely support anyone that want to increase the salary. I recall when I was going out to Penn Valley, well, they had uh, a lot of policemen, KCMO policemen, that went to school or the college to learn how to interact with the community people. But another two points, I know we haven't touched base on this, but uh, I don't think it's a, it's a crime that uh, people who haven't been vaccinated, because we're rated up in the United States, Missouri is always out there. And the other thing, the important deal, I know all you are registered voters, but the important of the vote, and not only registering, but also get out there and vote. So any comments on that? And we normally get in these subjects when it's about to go off, the, uh, our time is about up, but we would appreciate any comments you have. I was vaccinated, and uh, and what I did, and what I continue to do, is encourage others to to, to do look at the research, look at the research, and, and and then make up their mind, and and, and hopefully, uh, reasonable people will understand why it's important to do that. But I tweeted about it the day I was vaccinated, uh, and uh, I just I just encourage people do your research. You know, don't listen to anybody if you don't want to. Uh, do your own research, and uh, and then come up with your own conclusion. But uh, I think it's important for people to be educated. Uh, with facts, don't, don't don't just Google anybody. But uh, you know, you got different sides talking about different things. But I think it's important, and I think we're headed in the wrong direction once again because some people fail to get you know uh, be responsible, put it like that, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, a lack of responsibility that's impacting a whole lot of other people. But again, I'm not telling you to to do it. I'm saying do your research and then do the responsible thing after you do your research from from uh, credible sources. Absolutely. I agree. In, in, in my opinion, knowledge is power. As Sheriff Forte said, do your research. Google is your friend. But remember that being, being vaccinated not only helps yourself, but it helps your fellow man. Um, our local hospitals here in Kansas City are now seeing an uptick in their, their patients coming in with COVID. And 99% uh, of these patients coming in are unvaccinated. 
uh, who have contracted COVID-19. So please do your research. I am vaccinated. I encourage you to, to look into it and, and think of not only yourself, but, but your fellow man. You know, Major Thompson, right across the street from your uh, headquarters, we have the Morning Star Baptist uh, Church where they do vaccinations. Absolutely. They did over 24,000 vaccines at that location. Not only Morning Star staff, but they had Truman Medical Center was there. And we had a, a National Guard unit that was there also assisting with the vaccination. So Dr. Miles and his crew did a phenomenal job. Uh, this year on getting our community vaccinated. So kudos and uh, my hat my hat, my hat goes off to uh, Dr. Miles and his, his wonderful staff. Yeah, I, I agree. It, 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 it's important. Um, I was vaccinated by January 5th and, um, you know, it, you want to make sure that we do our part so we don't go back to where uh, we were last last spring and summer um, because it, it seems the, the same ones who were complaining about that are the same ones not getting vaccinated. So uh, do your part, um, do your research, and um, by doing it, you help the whole community and we won't have to go back to where we were uh, uh, last summer. Because I can tell you, I, I, I hate needles, so uh, I did it. Um, <laughs> hope I don't have to do it again. But I, but I knew I, it was it was my civic duty to do it. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about uh, law enforcement. So once again, tell our listening audience, and hopefully the listening audience will tell people um, the importance of the show and how they can reach the individual when it comes to violent crime or. If it comes to some things that happen, good. Show our appreciation by telling them they did a good job there. They did a good job over here. We all should be involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I just add something to A lot of folks, I think, get the wrong impression, and it only spurs the vibe that is sitting here between community members in the first place, you know, by not being friendly. And so uh, many times, and, and a couple of times, it's got me pulled over, but nothing's happened, it's been okay. But I, I'll wait when I see a law enforcement person, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in my community, in my neighborhood, you know, you see the highway thrown along the way. Um, just a, a little friendly way, nothing more. Uh, and, and surprise, and, you know, sometimes you get away back, sometimes you don't. What do y'all think about that? I think most people uh, respect law enforcement. But the people that I think the majority that respect law enforcement and appreciate what we're doing, they don't get the mic and talk about it. They just going about the everyday lives, you know, paying the bills, raising the families, and contributing to society. Those that sometimes want the 15 minutes of fame that uh, constantly talk negative about law enforcement. But again, uh, I, I think everybody that I know personally in law enforcement, we would give our lives for, uh, for anybody out there that we don't know. So again, we have great people in law enforcement. And, uh, and I think most people, because we have people pay for our meals anonymously, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. thank us all the time, wave at us as kids, tell them thank you for what you do. So, uh, and, and that's what I want law enforcement to understand, too. It's, a, it's a, a negative time in the media for law enforcement, but most people love us and respect us and encourage us and, and, and appreciate what we're doing for them every day uh, in and out. Yeah, I always, always, uh, you know, I, I try to tell my officers that, um, just because a community member is critical of our actions doesn't mean they do not support um, and, and we saw a lot of that last year. There were some members that were critical, but they still uh, supported us. And, and real quick before we go, I just wanted to um, send a shout out to a program that we're putting in place in KCK that I think would, is, is going to benefit uh, the community. Our police athletically does a, does a phenomenal job. And a program that we're putting in place is a driver's education program where uh, the two pile officers will go and become driving instructors. And what they will do is then teach our young people in PAL the proper way to operate a motor vehicle. 
and they'll receive a certificate and get their driver's license. But part of that program is to teach them how to interact if they if they have an unfortunate situation and get stopped by the police, as well as teaching them how to keep their driver's license valid, their vehicle registered, and proper insurance. Because we do know most incidents occur uh, with the police conducting traffic stops. So I think that we're trying to be proactive in starting with younger uh, younger people and training them the appropriate way. So uh, hopefully we can get that program out in September, and it's free to any kid that's part of the PAL program. And I want to add, too, I know the time's starting to get up here. Prostate cancer screening, let's take 10 seconds. If anybody's 50-plus or have a family history of prostate cancer, please get early screening. I'm a uh, prostate cancer survivor. I went through uh, radiation hormone therapy a little bit. Uh, over a year ago, so make sure, make sure, uh, and this is just not for men, but those uh, loved ones that have uh, men in their families or friends, encourage them to get their, their yearly screening, contact their doctor, and again, it's the blood test screening for the most part, and they have another screening that most men probably know about, but don't be afraid of it. Prostate cancer screening, if you're 50 plus, a family history, and it's prevalent in, in black males, so make sure you go out there and get checked. I went through radiation hormone therapy, uh, 43 radiation treatment. I'm cancer free. Just had another test uh, yesterday. Got the results early this morning uh, by uh, uh, email. So again, it's nothing to be afraid of. But if you catch it early, like I did, it, 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 it's curable. So make sure you do that. You know, so you can enjoy a quality life, long quality, uh, excellent life. Thank you. Now, was it, uh, you give you uh, how you can be reached and uh, a phone number before we go out there, each and every one of you. Hey, this is Major Thompson, and praise God, Sarah Forte. That has been yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, that is amazing. That is, that is awesome. You are definitely a testament to that, so that is awesome. Again, I'm, I'm Major Thompson, and I just wanted to let everyone know about a quick event that we have coming up on July 30th, um, 6 to 8 p.m. It's going to be a family fun night. It's a family community commitment program we're having from 6 to 8 at Concourse Park, and Concourse Park is at 200 Benson Boulevard. So we encourage any and everyone, whether you live on the east side of Kansas City or not, to come out and hang out with us. Again, I'm Major Thompson. I can be reached at my cell, which is 816-686-6645. And I'm uh, Chief Caldman. Kansas City, Kansas uh, Police Department, and I can be reached at 913-573-6010. This is Daryl once again, 816-492-1076, or dlforte at jacksongov.org, dlforte at jacksongov.org. This is MC Richardson with the United Minority Media Association. We are recruiting people in the media and other aspects of uh, law, criminal justice, what have you. I can be reached at 816-822-8866. And for Mr. Scott Owen, we will reestablish our website, which will be yuma.website. Now, how can you be reached? All right. I Ladies and gentlemen, I think this was a great show. What about our guests? What do you think? No comment, huh? <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity once again. Thank oh, you. Y'all yeah. stay safe. Yes, thank you once again. Always a pleasure to uh, interact with, with the community and, and just members. Um, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. And also, MC, I'm going to let the guests know that I also show every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, and I will be calling them to be a guest on my show also on PurposeInUSAHotTalRadio.com. This show can be retrieved and going to our website uh, and going to the uh, podcast library and it can be retrieved and going to lunch dinner. I'm sorry. This will come again in Kansas City. Okay. And on that uh, note, next week, uh, with uh, Mr. Rod uh, Chappell, attorney, 
we're going to have him. We're going to have Michael Downey with the University of Lincoln University on uh, next uh, Saturday. So be sure to turn on and tune in. And we thank uh, Ferguson USA Hot Talk Radio. Thank you.